kicked the field goal. It'll be Jason and Gingell out of the hold of Mesco. Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I am Tom Brenneman. You can find us every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning till noon Eastern time. You can go to YouTube, search up Chatterbox Sports. Please subscribe to the show. It's free. We thank you for that. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Tom Brenneman TV. Please share anything that you might like. Maybe things you don't like. We'll answer your questions if you have us. We'll keep an eye out on the uh, chat there on YouTube. And uh, this is a startup, so we could use your help in any form or fashion. Big show today. Coming up in a minute, we'll be joined by our good friend Tracy Jones the NFL season, as you know, begins tonight. Buffalo with the L.A. Rams. Is that a preview of the Super Bowl? Former Pro Bowler Reuben Brown will give us a preview of the Buffalo Bills. Dan Horde checks in, voice of both the Bearcats and the Bengals. And our main man, Zim Houday, is set to tell us everything that is your Cincinnati Bengals. Let's get right to it, though, with Tracy Jones. Tracy, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Tom. Good morning. You know, I, I've already caught a situation after the first show. Not good. After our first show, uh, my wife was watching the podcast. And so I was pretty excited. I thought the show went really well. Thought it went great. And she came. Yeah, I thought so, too. And I said, well, what did you think of the show? And she says, can I make one suggestion? I said, what is that? She says, can you be more like Tom? I says, what the hell does that mean? He says, do you see the way Tom looks? He's tan. He's wearing nice colors. And she sa I, I says, okay, well, I can make those adjustments. And then she drops the, can you please take that stupid hat off? You're not 13 years old. I like the hat. To I was going to tell you that I the other too. day. I really like the hat. You got one by you right I now? Do. Throw it on. Well, it's casual, but I like my hair right now. I call that the brush nickel look. It's not really gray, is it? No, it's tight. Yeah. So I've already got. I sure hope this show doesn't cause me to get a divorce. This well, will be I hope not one. either. I don't want to have any hand in that. I mean, I'm having a hard enough time keeping my act together with my bride. I don't think she likes me very much. Close to 22 years. You know how it goes. Well, and plus you've taken a pay cut. Let's be honest. I mean, women are. <laughs> oh, out for money. you have no idea. You have no idea. Every time you turn around, you keep printing money. All right, look, I want to get to something in, in, in baseball here for a second because, look, everything right now is football, football, football. But you and I were, were texting back and forth last night. Two nights ago, the Reds play in a game where their pitchers walk 11 batters in seven innings, okay, because the Cubs didn't bat in the bottom of the ninth. 
And they had one pitcher, Hunter Strickland, who did not walk a batter in his only inning. So they walk 11 guys. You're getting a lot of young guys that come up. And you've been a part of teams, right, where you're a veteran guy. uh, You're still playing out the string. You're giving it everything you have. And then the next thing you know, a bunch of guys are brought up from the minor leagues. You might know some. You probably don't know most. Maybe you met them in spring training. Uh, the, the, the planes are smaller because they're taking up space. The clubhouse is smaller. And then they're getting playing time. Did that ever bother you? You know what's funny is you bring that up as far as not knowing the players. I was watching one of the games. I don't know if you're referring to this game, but I was at the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm sitting there watching this game, the Cubs against the Reds. And i got to tell you, Tom, I mean, this is Chicago Cubs. I knew none of the players. And then I'm watching the first inning. The second baseman throws one to the shortstop, and it gets past him. Uh, the right fielder misplays a ball. And the pitcher is getting squeezed by the umpire. But your point, there's so many players now in the big leagues that shouldn't be in the big leagues. Yeah. And, and I think the players are better now, the, the star players. But there's some players that should be playing AAA, and they're in the big leagues. And for me, you know, we're a very special group. I think only 19,000 of us have ever played in the big leagues. And for some of these JOs to come up there and get a chance to play in the big (laughs) leagues, I think is an outrage. See, I love that word. Uh, Is that two words or one word? I use it all the time. You 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 referenced it as JOs, but but we'll 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 keep that. Junior officer. That's exactly right. Junior officer. Junior officer. It is. Yes. But you know you you know you said something that that made me think of something. Umpiring. Okay. Now there's been a lot of debate, and you and I started to talk about rules in baseball and a pitch clock and enforcing rules that are already there that you pointed out. You did a lot of research to to get ready for the show the other day. I was very impressed. Um, but umpires, there's some talk about the possibility of like they do in tennis, for example, of using yes. radar and that kind of thing. Would you be in favor of that? Absolutely. I think the umpires, for me, are a distraction. I think they're extremely overrated. They're overpaid. I mean, Joe West was paid $450,000 to miss calls. I mean, I think he was so overrated. He thought the game revolved around him. Never liked Joe West. I would like to have an automatic uh, uh, kind of a robo balls and strikes. I think it would be a good idea. I know they tested it in AAA, mixed results. But, Tommy, go back to that game uh, a couple nights ago, cubs and Reds, I swear to God, that umpire missed four pitches in the first two innings. Now, I mean, Tracy, their right numbers down. are pretty good, man. I mean, when you go back and you look at, at the whole thing where they're able to break down whether they got them right or wrong, they're right up there in the high 90% range. So you, so you like having an umpire behind home play? I do. I do. I, I think just like players, they can make mistakes. Okay, now you might say, well, that could determine who wins and loses. Players' mistakes determine who wins and loses, right? Uh, Tom, I think we're going to agree to disagree on this. This is just something that so I So you I've want just a- some machine calling it a ball or a strike? Yes, I do. Well, let me just tell you. Now, you might think that you have it right, but according to, to the commissioner, they're going to implement this in 2024. Have you read that? Yes, but I, I don't I don't like it. You don't like it. Well, no. you're going to have to get Did you ever have any problems uh, with any umpires? I mean, you sound a little bitter towards them, to be honest with you. Did you ever, ever have any issues with anybody in particular? 
Well, yes, I did. And I was thrown out, I think, five times, maybe six times, four for fighting and two for uh, calls that I argued with an umpire. I had an issue with Eric Gregg. Loved Eric, Eric Gregg. Love that guy. Horrible umpire. Good guy, though. <laughs> I, like, I like Eric a lot. He's passed away. But I was in New York. I was one step by the bag, safe by a mile, and Eric called me out. And I said, Eric, you missed that call. And he threw me out. Really? Now, wait a minute. That's not true. That's not true. What I really said was, Eric, you missed that call, you fat ass. And if it was a cheeseburger, <laughs> you wouldn't have missed it. That's what I really said. And he threw you me did out. not but say you know that to him. I swear to God, I did. I swear to God. And at... You know, he used to be on my extra inning show occasionally, and he's a really nice guy. I really liked Eric Gregg, but he threw me out in Cincinnati and threw me out in New York. So that that's the only umpire that threw me out for arguing calls. The other were, you know, altercations. Speaking of altercations, it, w w it, did you fight somebody twice by chance, or was it just, you know, four different guys or four different teams or, or what? No, it's just four different four different situations. Um, was never my fault. Uh, pitchers were intensely throwing at me. Although one time I did charge the mound after a guy hit me with a curveball. And Buddy Bell, after the game, he goes, what the hell was that? He said, he hit you with a curveball. I says, I know, but last time we were here, he hit me with a fastball. So I was uh, wound a little too tight, Tom. Well, yeah, I could see how there would be times where you're wound a little too tight. Um... I can see that. Tom, let me, let me say one other thing. Is, do you remember that fight? In, I had the longest fight in baseball history, and this is a true story, the 22-minute fight uh, with Seattle against the Brewers. A lot of bad blood. And uh, Bob Sebra, yep. you know, he hit me on purpose, and that fight lasted 22 minutes. That's when Tom Treblehorn got flipped by Jeff Schaefer. Did you ever see no, that? Yes, that I, yes, I remember it well. To be yes. The manager of the Brewers, Tom Treblehorn. And, and what was crazy about that fight is we were a bunch of scrawny guys, little scrappy guys. We had Omar Vizquel and Harold Reynolds and Greg Briley, guys like that. And they had like Greg Vaughn and uh, mm. Dave Parker and all these big guys. And that fight just went on and on and on. It was a little scary, I got to tell you. 22 minutes, fights that last 22 minutes, there's a lot going on. Did you ever hit anybody, like make connection, or did they ever punch you? Did you ever get hit? You know, there's something that happened in that fight uh, was that Don Baylor. You remember the great oh, Don Baylor? Oh, man, and that's a big, strong dude, brother. He's a tough guy. Oh, well, yeah. we had got... We had got an altercation when I was playing with the Tigers, like a month earlier. Remember, Tom, I was traded like every couple of months to different teams. <laughs> so I got into it, and I actually had Don Baylor pinned down on the ground. I didn't hit him or anything, but he remembered that. So when that fight broke out in Seattle, he came from behind me and started yanking my neck. Tom, my, my neck's never been the same. In fact, I go to get a massage probably once once every week and get it worked on. It's still as bad. It's bit with the, the vertebra. So you laugh. You think that's funny? I don't think it's funny. I, I just, I mean, I, I think a lot of us, when we hear you talk, we say, you know, you're drinking get, uh, gray goose sitting up there in your, your palatial condo overlooking the, uh, what did you call them? Ham and eggers. What'd you call them? 
The Ham and Eggers fireworks, yes, drinking yeah. their old Milwaukee. Or Little Kings, I should say, be Cincinnati. <laughs> well, that's true. But, you know, and then you're talking <laughs> about getting massages and, you know, and all this kind of thing. Um, the last thing I actually I wanna... get a massage. I actually, I actually get a massage from a guy. That's how I need the deep tissue. I mean, there's nothing. Does wrong that have with anything to do with the Sean Watson story? Oh, how dare you! I'm I, not I, like that at all. Tom. Well, I, I, look, I mean, you know, I think all of us have to be careful out there. I think, especially, you know, what Deshaun Watson is asking, yeah. From the masseuse. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's, shaky, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a little shaky. Yeah, it's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. Before I let you get out of here, because, you know, look, um, I have played second fiddle to my dad for my entire life. And you know what? I have always been totally cool with that. In fact, one of the things that I enjoyed the most, and there are a lot of people saying, well, you should be playing second fiddle. And they're right. But one of the things I enjoyed the most, and I used to rib him all the time when I was announcing the Reds games, and he was still doing the games, was whenever sponsors or the team or whatever it might be, when they needed a go-to guy to be the MC, whether it was a Reds Hall of Fame or whether it was some golf event or charity event, whatever it might be, the beauty of being in the town with my dad was he was a guy they always went to, right? Right. So I only bring this up because today you sent me a text and you said, hey, I got to be on at 10.05. I got to go meet your dad to record today. Yeah, we're, we're taping our show, uh, Jones and Brenneman on baseball on 700 <laughs> WLW. And we're taping like eight shows, and I have to be there at 11 o'clock. And you know how your dad is, Tom. Oh, you can't boy. be late one Do minute. I ever. He finds me. He actually finds me a dollar a minute if I'm late. Well. Can you believe that? I... Tracy, I told you the other day, all yeah. of this stuff that you guys, okay, what, you, you said 23 years you two have been working together? 23 years. Okay, yeah. well, let's double that, okay? Let's double that plus 12. That's what I've been listening to for that long. I know. I okay. know. It, it's tough. You Bredemans are really something. Well, it's, I mean, hey, don't throw me in that basket. All, All I know I is we had him on again yesterday, and that internet is so tired. We can't even put clips. I, I'm not a social media guy, but Brandon Seho and, and Casey McAllister, our, our, our producers, they're, they're all the time putting stuff out on Twitter and clips from the show. I can't use any of his clips from the show. Yeah, it's just terrible. I mean, doesn't he do like a sound check or something? Are we good to go? Ask your producer. If you're they right. do it, you but it's that, that? that dial-up service he has in his house. I don't even think he it's dial-up. No, no, he has AOL. He thinks that's cutting edge. But, but see how I've changed the set here? It's brighter. My wife says, get a brighter shirt. Look like Tom. I think I did better. And she says, why can't you be smart like Tom? She says, you sound stupid well, like you, me. If she talked to my wife, she would get a completely different story because she loves Tracy Jones and... And loves me, likes me. I'm not quite sure. Um, listen, big weekend. Are you now? Before we let you go, because I know you got to run. <clears throat> do you watch college football? And, and will you be watching the Bengals game, or will you invited up to a suite probably to go to the Bengals game this Sunday? You know what? I don't like crowds, so I don't go to football games. I do watch the NFL. I do not watch college football. 
It just, it doesn't interest me. Um, although I was a great high school quarterback. I mean, I was getting ready to bring that up in Southern California. There have been a lot of great high school quarterbacks. Yes. And I'm told by multiple sources, you were, you were one of the top five guys, maybe of all time. Well, I was ranked third. My, I really don't like to talk about myself, Tom. This makes me feel very uncomfortable. But in 1979, since you asked, I was ranked the third best quarterback in, in Southern California. And maybe you've heard of a couple of these guys. Uh, number two was Jay Schrader. Do you, do you remember that Won a that Super Bowl. Name? Won a Super Bowl with the Washington he wasn't Redskins. Bad, Pacific Palisades and went to UCLA. And then the number one quarterback, I thought I could have been better was a guy by the name of John Elway, who went to Granada Hills and then Stanford. So that's where I rank, just so it gives me credibility when I come on the show and talk football. But I don't like to talk about myself. <laughs> you know, I was a good basketball player, too. You were? Hell yeah. <laughs> one more story, one more quick story, because I don't like to brag about myself. But in 1979, the top five athletes in Southern California. 1979, they were using cave drawings back then. They didn't even have newspapers, I don't think. So who the hell was ranking these guys? Elway, uh, Stanley Wilson, remember him? Oh, very well. We talked about him with Anthony Munoz yesterday. Byron Scott. Oh, boy. Myself, and I forget the fifth one, but it's not important. I just got myself in that. Four. Those are pretty, you know, think about the careers those four guys had. Yeah. I mean, those are big-time guys now. So Elway those was a good are. basketball player, too. Who was? Did you say Elway, Elway? was a great basketball player? Uh, he, was all, he was all right. He played basketball. But, yeah, he was a better baseball player. He was a yeah, center that's fielder. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. But he wasn't better Drafted than you. Drafted by were. the Yankees. You were ranked okay. ahead of him, for sure, in baseball. Oh, shake yourself, for sure, for okay. sure. All right, well, I'm going to let you go. I know you got to get up and meet my dad, and you don't want to be late for any of that uh, kind of thing. So. You Brennamans. Hey, more listen, like Tom. let your bride know if she's watching today, and, and it, highly unlikely. I don't know if anybody's watching. Um, but, but let your bride know, I like the hat. I like the T-shirt. Yeah. I, like the, yeah. I, 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 I like the look. What did you call that, brush nickel? Brush nickel. Man, that stuff is white. I had a lady stop me in my building and say, I wish my hair was that color. A woman told you that? Yeah, she's about 98. <laughs> God almighty. All oh, right, boy. Tracy, good luck the rest of the day. We'll catch up with you next Tuesday. You're the man. All right, I'll, I'll tell your dad you said hi. Please do. You know, he was out there yesterday um, at the uh, LPGA event where he introduced all of the, uh, you know, the, the Pro-Am thing, and he was the, uh, the, the, the guy who introduced everybody and yeah. says he wants to be like the guy that does it for the British Open every year. I guess they travel that guy no matter where they play yes. the British Open. Or they call it the That'd Open, I guess, now. And he wants to be that guy. Great honor. In his next and, life. And your kid is, is going to be caddying. He is caddying. Right? He is caddying. He, That's uh, a big he, deal. It's a really big deal. He, he, that was his summer job all summer, and uh, he right. made a lot of money, worked his tail off, and, um, and I'm really excited. They only needed a couple of other uh, kids. You know, some bring their caddies. A lot of them don't who are struggling, trying to make money, so they'll just right. pick somebody up locally. And so he's out there right now as we speak. But I think it's really bad. He should be in school. 
And I think for a dad to take him out of school for this golf is, I think it's reckless on your part. I know you don't mean that. Oh, hell no, I don't mean that. No, I know you don't. Okay. All right. School's great. overrated. Well, I don't know about that part, but but he's done great for the last three and a half years. He's like a 4.4 student. And when his mom and I sat down, Polly and I sat down to talk about this whole thing, you know, in the back, you, you know how it goes. You approach it in a certain yeah. way, right? But you know in the back of your right. mind you're saying, there is no way in God's earth he's missing his chance, right? Right? No. To go to, to go he's got to science do it. class. I mean, come on. Who needs uh, sports is more important than, than going to school and learning, you know, who chopped down the cherry tree. Who in the hell cares? Who gives a rat's ass? Go out and have some fun. What grade's he in? He's a senior in high school. So he's good. Oh, God. Yeah. He's he should, good. Yeah. He should be out chasing girls, drinking beers. <laughs> well, you know what? I think there's a good chance that's happening already. So, Trace. Let's hope so. Let's catch you on Tuesday. I'll see you, man. I'll see you, Tommy. Be good. Tracy Jones. Is there anybody like that, dude? I mean, that guy is just absolutely awesome to have on our show every week. We're lucky to have him, and um, I hope you enjoy it, too. All right. We're going to take a break, and then what we're going to do is we're going to tee up some of the headlines around. We're going to tell you uh, about our show and about some of the things we're going to talk about here today. We've got Zim Hooday coming up here in uh, just a few minutes, so stick around. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. Let's get right to it, right? We go to football for virtually the rest of this show. Tonight in L.A., the defending Super Bowl champion Rams are hosting the Buffalo Bills. And in many circles, the Bills are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Been a lot of talk about quarterback Matthew Stafford's throwing right elbow. And it turns out he had a procedure done on that elbow during the offseason. Nobody knew about it until the last couple of days. He said he was hurt all of last year and yet good enough to win that Super Bowl. Says he's ready to go full speed tonight. So does Sean McVay. Said he's got to throw it 50 times to win. We're throwing it 50 times to win. Bengals and Steelers tee it up right here in the natty on Sunday. Cincinnati's offense has four new starters all on the offensive line. The only returning starter from last year, left tackle Jonah Williams. The Steelers go with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback over Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin begins his 16th season as the Steelers head coach, which makes him the second longest tenured head coach after Bill Belichick's 23 years. It's interesting to note, I mean, you talk about stability, the coach for 16 years. This is Tomlin's first season that he does not have Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. He inherited Big Ben. Bengals six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll take that all day, every day. College front UC Bearcats have their home opener tomorrow against Kennesaw State. The Owls won the Big South Conference title last year, went 11-2, went to the playoffs in something called the AFCA for the fourth consecutive year. They've already lost to Samford their first game of the year. Ohio State plays at noon against Arkansas State in Columbus. The Ohio University is at Penn State for the Nittany Lions home opener tomorrow. Miami will host Robert Morris, and among the biggest and best games over the weekend, this has got a chance to be a great game. Number 20, Kentucky, takes on number 12, Florida. 
You also have number one Alabama going to Austin, Texas to take on the Longhorns. And lastly, locally, the LPGA Kroger Queen City Classic is underway at Kenwood Country Club. The weather couldn't be better. Rough is extremely deep. The greens are very slow with all the rain. Talked about our son caddying for a young lady, Jillian Hollis, a University of Georgia grad who hails from Rocky River. That's just outside of Cleveland. So we are rooting for Miss Hollis because the Brenneman household could use a little cash. And if she wins, he gets the big bucks, and my wife and I take those big bucks. Trace Fowler, our founder and CEO, uh, has just informed me that we've received— It's w- nice w- to see that somebody's appreciator out here. You got a nice gift from First Star. Really? First Star Logistics? That's right. Wow. That's big I time. I haven't looked at it. What so is, I mean, this is heavy. I can tell you that. All right, let's see what we got here. We got our first present on the show. Hopefully, it's the first of thousands more to You got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. A MacBook. You know what? I'm not even going to talk to him. I just went out and paid for one before this show started. That'd be good for your son when he's homeschooling after this. Yeah, you might be. Boy, that is really, really nice of them. Wow. First Star Logistics, I can't think. I mean, that, that is really, really nice. They came out uh, the other day um, to check out everything we're doing here at Chatterbox, from the high school stuff to our Bearcat bash to the Bengals tailgate bash we're going to be cranking up. Um, we met with some great folks yesterday as well from Jake Sweeney. Um, tell you, this place, Chatterbox, we got some momentum now. We got some stuff going on. And I tell you, one of the biggest things we have going on in First Star logistics thank you thank you i'm hoping that this is a relationship that starts and goes on for a long long time i tell you another guy who who we got it going on here is with my main man who joins us along the eastern seaboard zim hude zim what is happening this is steeler week i was reading some of your tweets earlier today uh, seeing that I am just on uh, social media and, and just learning that whole thing, you, you have like tens of thousands of followers on, um, on Twitter and Instagram and all these other things. What does Steeler Week mean to Zim Hude? First of all, Tom, how are you doing? I missed you, guy. I missed you, know, you we my man. I sent you, tech, I sent you a text today on... Um, uh, whatever they call these things, a message on Twitter just to say hello and thank you for coming on. And, and, uh, uh, and, and of course, you never wrote me back. I mean, you're a lot like my daughter no, you, who's you, off to college, never writes me back. You got you to gotta just text me directly. Those, those DMs and messages and stuff get flooded. I, I can't even keep track of that stuff. But, yeah, I missed you. I, I, I feel like we had, we, got a, we had a great start. I'm really excited for Steelers Week. I started running clips going into my archives because I'm the king of receipts. And I just started running back some clips and just playing some of the stuff in my memory bank. And I'm really, really excited. I almost was going to wear glasses when I came on here, but I said, no, we're taking the glasses off. We're going full savage mode. We're going crazy. I'm, I'm with Tom and it's time to lock it in. And my goal is throughout the season that I, in, I unlock your inner roar as well, too. And we're going to get you fired up. I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for, at my age, you really need a lot of inner roar. There are a lot of people my age that take pills to find that inner roar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Is that, that out of line? Them, you know. 
right. Hey, now, no, 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 no. Now, come on now. You got to bring it. You're talking hey. about me bringing it, my inner roar and all this kind of stuff. I mean, Steelers week for you is a big deal, man. I was looking at your stuff today. You got Joe Mixon stats on there. You got you got uh, quotes right from here. Joe Burrow. I mean, you got to th- – this is a big week, right? Not just because it's the opener. It's the Steelers, and you don't like the Steelers. I hate the Steelers. Every fiber in my body, you know, thinks about – how can I go close a deal because I think this jerk off over here is a stiller and I and all of these different things in my mind that I think are really there, I just equate the stiller. So here we are and I'm excited. The thing about those mixing stats and stuff is I love stuff like that because give they, us those stats, Zim. Give us those stats because they're really good stats to know and you pointed out that today on Twitter. Well, I'll just tell you just really quick. Over the last two games, Joe Mixon averaged over five yards a carry. Gave them 165 yards, ran the ball right down their throats, and they were unable to stop it. The Steelers were the last in the National Football League in rushing yards this past season. People are now waking up today telling me that the Steelers' curtain is coming out. I don't see Mean Joe Green. I don't see any of those dudes running out that tunnel. Troy Palomalo isn't there. So I'm still running for five-point whatever, and I'm still going to truck my way through success. I know a lot of this, the, the, the attention goes to the Migos. But I think this is a Joe Mixon game. We set the tone early. You talked about the four new offense alignment. I think that those offense alignment will be able to push. I think Joe Mixon will fall on three yards, third and two, uh, third and one, yeah. and we and we can kind of like bury some of that stuff early on. What do you think? I don't know because Zim, you and I are just getting to, to know each other a little bit. Are, are, are you a big? I'm not asking if you're a gambler. I'm asking though, do you pay attention to point spreads and over unders and all that kind of stuff? And if so. Are you surprised that the Bengals, uh, that the point spread is six and a half, one way or the other? I'm not surprised. I mean, I mean, automatically they're going to get the three for the home. And I, 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 I do pay attention to betting lines. I do bet. I, I bet a lot of player prop stuff. I mean, I mean, the writing's on the wall. Last three games, Bengals have outscored them, what, like 92 to 30-something? Uh, somebody could correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, like the odds are definitely in our favor. Somebody asked me, is this a trap game? And I'm like, you can't be a Bengals fan or a Bengals player and think that you're going to get trapped into, you know, a Steelers game knowing the history of the Steelers and what we've been up against. So, you know, I, I just don't think there's there's anything that could catch you off guard in that in that regard. I guess. All right. If there's one thing, and, and I mean, I, look, I, I mean, I, I give you all the credit in the world because you've forgotten more about the Bengals than I will ever know. I mean, you follow this stuff hardcore, and, and you know your stuff. You know the numbers. You know the history. You know that. Is there anything that concerns you about this game? It's always the things that you can't control. You know, people ask me about the weather and stuff. I think that could work in their favor because if you have a less talented team, then maybe they can capitalize on mistakes or turnovers. There's always been a history, you know, when you think about 2005, Bengals going with the number one quarterback leading the league in touchdowns, and then he gets his leg torn up on the first series in the game when a game when you're going to dominate the team that you dominated the whole entire season. So there's always this unknown that you just don't know about or Ben Roethlisberger running out of a tunnel when you thought he was done. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know so, what you mean. So you, you, you know, like there's going to be calls that probably won't go your way. But I'm a big proponent of do not allow the refs. You were just talking about the Rams. Do not give the refs the opportunity to go win a game because unlike college football, 
these games are really close generally. A 10-point game in the NFL is a blowout to me. Like, I, m- maybe not a blowout, but you no, won I convincingly. You I know what you, you mean. You know what I mean? So, yep. like, so I just think that as long as they just play mistake-free football, then they'll be fine. I do see a world that we live in where maybe Mitch Trubisky gets into the the rhythm of a game. Yep. He gets into yep. some rollouts, and then, the, and, and then the script is there for him. But I think if the Bengals are learning from what they did last year with the Jets with Mike White, you don't play around. You bring the heat, NASCAR package, give them aggression early on, get them flustered, get them outside of the structure of the playbook. That's what makes Joe Burrow so special. You couldn't do that to him. The non-special quarterbacks, you can. And you got to do it early and get them thinking. And I think if they do that, they'll be fine. Um, NASCAR package. Did you get that somewhere or is that yours? No, no, that's just you know when you when you want to bring the dogs, you want to bring the the Jeff. Gordon I like package, that though. I think side. you ought to patent. The, I think you ought to patent. You never that heard thing. that before? Uh, I mean, no, that's really, that's that. Come on, Tom. That's football packing. talk right there. Well, yeah, I mean, when you're bringing the guys, when you're smart you, guys, man. I mean, you know, in football, the years I did the NFL, I mean, Aikman and Billick and all these guys. You like Brian Billick, by the way? I mean, you're right outside of Baltimore. He's on the show with us every single week. They still love him there, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, I've never met him personally. I would love to meet him. He seems like a really, really cool dude. He is a cool dude. Um, are you going to the game Sunday, or are you going to be watching at home? You're darn right. You know my boy Seho? We're going to be at the tailgate. I would encourage you, if you had some time, just sneak out. You could put on one of those fake mustaches or something like that. Just sneak in, put a hoodie on. We can be jamming over there, Tom. We can have some fun before this tailgate, before you get into the professional world. We can hang out and let that lion, that tiger roar really early, and then we can head over to the game. Zim, look, I I, I mean, you may know this or may not know this. I've been unemployed for two years, so I don't worry anymore about going somewhere and getting recognized or anything like that. And, and, And I have always been, if nothing else, a man of the people. I'm out there amongst right. them having a cold beer, whole nine yards. I'm all for it. So I, uh, I may come down there uh, this week. Are you going to be coming you in should. for that every week with Brandon? Brandon, jump on here real quick. Are you, uh, are you hosting He's in this? the building. He's in the building. There he is right there next Brandon. to Casey McAllister. Say hello to Zim Hooday. What's up? Hey. Guys? Yeah, so we're hosting the uh, – How's it going, fellas? The, we're good. We're hosting the uh, Bengal Block Party with Chatterbox Sports, Cincinnati Entertainment Group. Going to have the big Jumbotron that we take out every Friday night to the high school football games, DJ sound system, drinking games. Tom, want to come play some Flip Cup? Flip so, yeah, I'm more mm. of a beer pong well, guy. Well, we have that too. I, I like Flip Cup. That's okay. I heard you admitted yourself you're a beer guy. So I am. I'm a beer guy. What's the beer of choice? I'm a Coors Light guy. I, cannot, I, I, I love Coors Light. Well, we can love share, it. share a case of Coors Light before the Bengals, Steelers, and... Rock on. You know what beer I like the best is anyone that wants to think about sponsoring this show. True. Very good. I'll, <laughs> drink, any, I'll drink anything. Zim, when you, when you sit here and look, and, and, and look, I, this show is only what? Uh, we had Thursday and Friday, uh, off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th- so it's our fifth show, okay? We started a week ago okay. today. And, and I told and asked Casey and Brandon if they could do something to dress up this backdrop because it looks so tired. I mean, it is it is boring. There's nothing to it, and we have them on the air every week to talk about picks, to talk about um, tomorrow. We're going to get into our you know uh, division champs, wild card winners, do our picks for college and pro. And every time we take this shot, 
That's look, what look, you see. Look, I went and bought frames today. I brought my Steve Logan Jordan brand jersey. Johnny Ooh. Bench stitch jersey. Nice. He's going to go right behind us. I got, you know, just give us a little time. Yeah, I'm going to get my AJ Green jersey. And we're going to place it right here. You see, I got my AJ on. This is my lucky shirt. I've it. only had one defeat in this shirt. This only, I've only lost one game with Which this shirt. Which one was that? What game was that? I don't want to revisit that, Tom. Don't make me do that. Don't, I don't, I'll Please don't tell me that was a playoff game against the Steelers. No, they I didn't want to revisit it. That, that, yeah, that game, ugh. I was in Miami rooftop. It was my wife's birthday, January 9th. I fell on the ground and I was I laid motionless for like 20 minutes. Like it was one of the worst nights of my life. But that wasn't the night I wore it. I wore this at a particular at a, at a game and that we lost. But but I'm, I'm like five and one in this shirt. Okay. Um, are you um, so you're gonna be at the game? You're gonna be at the tailgate the whole nine yards. I got I got to be honest with you, Sam. I yeah. mean, you look like you got a nice crib there back behind you. But I mean, there there's nothing on the wall there. I don't see any inner right. war there. I, I don't see any of that. Well, this is the thing. I think, and people ask me this before. Now, I have a room for that, but the sound I don't think is good. I like to be in the comfort of, like, the kitchen for some yeah. weird reason. Yeah. But um, I'm one of those people. I'm a, a super purist. So, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not bad. I'm not really low on the backdrop that you outlined from those guys right there because I feel like if they're showing what they got, then they will 100% outweigh the background. I almost think of me as art, and I am the piece. I am which when you see me right now, I am the Bengals logo and all of these different things right there. You don't need anything behind me. Here it is, right in your face. You know what you should do, though? What? Maybe we should get a Tom Brenneman fathead on the background of the wall no. over there and no. just blow your no. face up really nope. big behind say hello and them. Nope, nope. Let's hey, do you it. know one guy I want to ask you about uh, because you you've gotten to know a lot of these guys and 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 I thought you said when you were on last week that you've gotten to know a little bit or maybe a lot Tyler Boyd right yeah you know, I want to ask you about him for a minute and and I'm, I'm being very serious for a second here rare but 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 true the way this offense is is looked at by the outside world and even people who are big Bengals fans. You know, the first two guys you think of are naturally Burrow and Chase. Rightfully so. Right. Get it. T. Higgins is then next in line, right? And then I think next in line oftentimes is Mixon. Okay? And then people talk about what the offensive line wasn't and what it is now after all the changes. You rarely hear people talk about Tyler Boyd. What kind of dude is he? Man, to me, he's something that uh, if you're a, a, a Bengals fan and you want to gravitate to somebody that's just done it the right way, never complain, constant professional. Uh, you know, he's you know, like the kids say, like he's he got the drip. He's well dressed. He looks mm -hmm. good when you see him. You know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. all of these things, all in one, are to me what it takes to be like a Bengals fan. You had to go through some stuff to get back up. That's why when we talk trash online to these Steelers fans, they're front runners. The minute they got a little bit of adversity, they're ready to shy away from the truth. They really quit last year in the 2014 game, and Tyler Boyd came to the podium and let everybody know that, hey, they threw the white flag in, and I was expecting a lot more from them. Because if you're a Bengals fan, you're really looking for everybody's best shot. I want you at full health. Because after I win that game, I'm going to tell you 100% that I, we kicked you and stomped the mud hole into you, and I'm going to tell you a factual statement when I say it. 
And I think Tyler Boyd lives by those same principles. Um, and you got to think, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, you so, took the words you know, right out like, of my mouth. Pittsburgh kid. I mean, I'm sure he gets – I was going to ask you, does he get a little bit more fired up for this game? I don't see. I'm never. I'm not one of those guys. I don't really talk too much about like football before the game. Like yeah. I'm the guy like afterwards. Like we're celebrated, whatever. I don't want like them to think like um trying to tell them like hey, you know, like you know, I'll say some inspirational, motivational stuff like hey, man, like don't worry about this. Da da da. I'll I'll do those kind of talks. But we generally talk about like regular stuff like. Where are we headed? <laughs> like tailgate stuff, like you know, you, like, you yeah, know I have so. to tell you, Zim Hooday. I mean, you, you know, my son knew you before I knew you a couple of years beforehand, and um, and you know, you're hanging out and doing all these things with these different people. I have never received an invitation for any of those uh, gatherings you have, and that's okay. Well, I just, hold on, but it's I just right. did that live on it's air. All right. It's all right. Hold on, live on air. Live on air, we just our open invitation. I didn't even know say host. This is this is how you know I'm a true friend. Your true friends will talk directly to you and yes. say, you know, whatever, anything, right? Yes, yes. But the good ones, the really good ones will talk about you in good, good, you know, good standing behind your back. I didn't even know Seho was in the building. I said, hey, look, you need to hang out with us. And I didn't even know he was there. But that was the open invitation. And check okay. us out. Now on Sunday, we're going to rage together and we're going to start it up right now. Now that MacBook Pro. That's a different conversation that we could have. Well, tell me about it. What are your thoughts about it? I mean, they just walked in. They surprised me uh, from First Star Logistics. They're not even a sponsor of the show yet. Yet. Whoa. Yet. Um, but they bring this in here. I mean, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I, I announced the Reds games for however many years. I, I, I never received anything like that. This is really, really nice. I feel like you had too many. And I feel like you got a good friend you're talking to right now. <laughs> You see this computer right here, Zim? Okay. My good friends at Encore Technologies, among the many, many, many uh, thousands of clients they have, one of their clients is Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Okay. One of the most famous awesome. children's hospitals in the world. And um, they replace their computers, it's my understanding, at Cincinnati Children's Hospital like every two years. Right? So this is a used computer that I just bought like two weeks ago. I'm not a big, I use them. I'll surf the internet a little bit. All right, but back to football for a second. Um, <laughs> prediction for the game. What are you thinking? I want them to come out of the game, win, lose, or draw healthy. I'm not a real oh big Oh my God, guy. Zim, we don't have I, you no, on this show for stuff like that. I mean, they, that's not why you're here. <laughs> I'm not a big score guy. I'm a little superstitious with the scores, but I do think that the Bengals do win by two scores, though. I don't have a score prediction. Is that gonna? Okay. Is that gonna? No, happen? that's good. That's good. So you think the Bengals uh, would cover the spread? Two scores could be a touchdown, yeah. and a field goal, touchdown, and a safety, For whatever sure. it might be. You think they uh, they cover in the game, and on they go. Any predictions? Are you gonna be Only watching done. the game tonight? Right, Buffalo against the Rams. Oh. Absolutely. And, and I don't know if this is wrong or not, but I just want to see the Rams. I don't maybe you tell me how you feel. I want to see the Rams stomp a mud hole in the Bills because all all season, all I've heard is that the Bills are the favorites to win it yep. all. Uh, I, I get their division, but like they talk about them as though they're conference champs. Wouldn't that be something for the Rams to just pile drive them tonight? 
I, that's just my my overall look. Well, you remember big old Reuben Brown, right? He's a nine-time Pro Bowl offensive yeah, lineman yeah, yeah. with the Buffalo Bills, a guard, great player, college football Hall of Famer, probably should be a pro football Hall of Famer. He does a lot of work in Buffalo on television and radio now, so he's going to be on the show today at 11.35 Eastern time. So we, I'm sure, will hear a whole uh, – boatload about how great the Bills are. You're right. It's everybody talking about the Buffalo Bills and how great they're going to be. Uh, they had that heartbreaking loss last year in the conference semis uh, when their defense couldn't mm. stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, mm. I'm with you. I, I'm, not, I'm not, and I'm going to tell Ruben this when, when he's on, I, I'm not buying them. I'm not. I'm not either. Tom, not. have you ever looked at their schedule? Did you see who they played this past season? Yeah, and... Not only that, Zim, I read the other day in one-score games, and again, I'm going to ask Reuben Brown about this. In one-score games last year, they were 0-6. The Bengals, I'm told, every day of my life caught people by surprise. It was luck. The Bengals were undefeated against AFC playoff opponents going into the playoffs. They didn't catch anybody off guard. What the Bills failed to do with Patrick Mahomes. The Bengals did that twice. The The previous year before then, they failed to do the same thing against the Chiefs again. The Bengals did that twice with their defense doing it in convincing fashion in the second half of those football games. Jamar Chase probably having the best performance of the whole entire season. But yet I wake up to Bills beating the Jags and Falcons and all these teams, and they have won four games in the playoffs in the last 25 years, but somehow they're the favorites. I don't get it. Somebody's yeah. got to explain it to me. Well, dial us in. I know you're busy today, but when Reuben Brown comes on, uh, he'll be on 1135. Maybe he'll convince you and me otherwise. I don't know. Zim, uh, I will look forward to seeing you this Sunday. Safe travels. Godspeed coming back into the natty. And can't wait to see you and Brandon Seho and the whole gang from Chatterbox out there. Pre-game. That's down by Longworth Hall, right? Yeah, wait, are you coming down now? You just committed? Well, I, I got to talk to my son. Yeah. It all depends. I'll bring the Coors Light, Tom. My, my son, Zimude, my, my son is out caddying. We have an LPGA event here in Cincinnati this week, and he's caddying. It's been his summer job all summer long, carrying bags and schlepping around in 95-degree heat. But, but God bless him. He's worked his tail off, made a lot of money. Uh, but he, he's fortunate enough to do this thing in the, in the ladies' LPGA event. So I'm hoping that he's working Sunday. Because dad, daddy needs a new pair of shoes. You ever heard that term? <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Okay. So Let me. Gotta... Hey, speaking of heat, do you know that? Did you know that in LA, in Cali, right now they're in the middle of a heat wave itself yeah. too. Yeah. So, so like right now tonight, that game is going to be literally on fire. Yeah, and you know it's what we found out one. yesterday, Zim, if you can believe this, they built a five billion dollar stadium. Right, SoFi Stadium. There's no air conditioning in that stadium. I found out. I found that out during the Super Bowl. The the, the half glass or whatever. Yeah. I was standing under it, like right, like 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 an X Men or something like that. Just the sun rays are just beaming on your head. I was like, why am I sweating? I thought the the you know like this game. You know, it's like seventy seven degrees. The sun is just shooting through this the roof all day. Yeah. It is. It is a beautiful stadium though. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I, you know, I mean, you've been there. You went to the Super Bowl. That's great stuff. All right, Zim, thank you for your time. I know you're busy. You got a lot going on. When are you traveling into Cincinnati? Tomorrow, tonight? What are you doing? 
I'm actually coming first thing Saturday morning. Okay. All right. Well, safe travels, my man. Great having you with us as always. See you at the tailgate. He committed, guys. He committed. We got him. We got him. Get the footage. I did not commit. He committed. No. No. Zim's a man. He's going to be there. Boy, I love having that dude on. Uh, For those of you that that missed it, you know, I I told the story. My son um, says to me about two years ago, I think, maybe even three years ago. I don't know. When the, when the Bengals stink, let's put it that way, right? And uh, he says to me, Dad, you got to check out this guy, Zim Hude. Okay, and, 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 and I'm watching him, and he's streaming uh, while he's watching the Bengals game and more times than not getting their tails kicked. And Zim had the, had the, had the hair, like, down to here, uh, and he's totally into it. I loved his fire, loved his passion, loved the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I really loved it. Those, kind of, those kind of people, men or women – they got the fire and the passion for something. Those are the people I want to be around in my life. I don't know about you, but I love the guy the second I, that, that my son showed him. But then when he comes on for the first time last week, Brandon, Casey, he, I mean, he, he looks like he just got a haircut like he was going into the military. I didn't even recognize the I dude. I think it looks fresh. Yeah. I think he looks, he looks great. Clean. I mean, I really do, but imagine my surprise when he had the hat. Remember I asked him the other right. day, take off the hat, let the hair down, the hair is gone. That was his thing, right? Part of his shtick. Yeah, you used to have longer hair, though, too, right? Well, well I had hair. <laughs> a couple That's years. not a fair question. That's <laughs> hey, not a fair a question fair qu- coming from a 30-something-year-old to an to a almost 59-year-old. I got my 59th birthday next week. Are we going to bring a cake in here? Or? We could celebrate I'm hoping for a star bring something. another computer. We could celebrate right, at the tailgate. One. You already committed. You and <laughs> yeah. I are going to be beer pong partners with Coors Light down at the Bengal Block Party. How uh, do you feel about it? Th- you said beer pong was your game. You and I could run the table. I, I didn't say it was my game. You said you were more of a beer pong guy than Flip Cup. Although Flip Cup's a fun game. That's a fun game. We could play both. See, I, I'm in the generation where it was all about quarters. Quarters. I knew you were going to say that. That was one of the great games of all time. Um, still is a great game. Yeah. I, I think there's still some people out there. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, Dan Horde to bring us up to speed. And um, what's happening with the UC Bearcats taking on Kennesaw State tomorrow. Sellout crowd already at Nippert Stadium. That'll be the norm moving forward with this program. And, of course, Dan is also the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll ask him a little bit about that. That's coming up next, Off the Bench, presented by UDF. Off the Bench, right here on Chatterbox Sports. And, uh, you know, we, we had a chance last week to check in with our good buddy Dan Horde, voice of both the UC Bearcats and the Cincinnati Bengals. Last week it was the Bearcats at Arkansas, this week, the Bearcats at Ken- are playing at home against Kennesaw State. Sold-out crowd already at Nippert Stadium tomorrow. And, of course, the Bengals v. Steelers sell-out crowd where Dan will be calling both games. Danny, thanks for being with us. you got to get fired up, man, when, when, when now you're in the mode. And, look, it's nonstop for you. Uh, for those in Cincinnati, they know. I mean, it seems like every time you turn on the radio this time of year, you're either doing a game, hosting a coach's show. I mean, you got a lot going on. But, but, but this has got to be a really exciting weekend, I would imagine. 
It is. It's the double dip. It's kind of an easy weekend, Tom. Both games are at home, so I don't have to worry about how I get from point A to point B, my own uh, individual version of the amazing race on several (laughs) weekends during the football season. But it's awesome. And I'm really looking forward to the atmosphere because it will be the first home game for both of these teams after two of the greatest seasons in their history. In UC's case, undoubtedly the greatest season in school history. And in the Bengals' case, one of three Super Bowl trips. But this one uh, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all these young stars, I think the excitement level is higher than ever for the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, we're going to get to the Bengals here in a minute, if you don't mind. I want to ask you a little bit about UC. And let's turn back the clock. I know it's been dissected up one way and down the other. Uh, We've heard a lot of different people's thoughts. What were your thoughts when all is said and done? You've had four or five days now since that game. What do you take away from it, good, bad, or indifferent? Well, let me describe, Tom, the scene after the game. So, as you know, you come down from the broadcast booth, I guess in your case, doing games for network TV, you were probably hopping in a limo and racing to the airport no, or something like no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no. in my case, uh, I'm walking down to the team buses, uh, grabbing a bite to eat outside the locker room, and then talking to people as we make our way toward the bus. And the overwhelming feeling uh, coming out of the locker room last Saturday was Cincinnati was the better team. And if not for typical week one mistakes, they would have won that game. But you can't go on the road to Arkansas, overthrow wide open receivers for long touchdown passes, commit 10 penalties, eight of them pre-snap, including four in one sequence where you recovered a a fumble at the three-yard line down by seven points. Those things will kill you. Uh, They haven't happened very often in the Luke Fickle era, uh, but they happened in week one, and now Cincinnati has to try to run the table from here. I I want to walk through a couple of those points you just made, and you you had pointed out about uh, a couple of these Bengals receivers that are running, you know, four two forties and stuff like this, and clearly that that was right there, evidence, uh, you know, right there in front of everybody when these guys are going down the field, and and Ben Bryant. Um, it wasn't his first start at UC, but for all intents and purposes, it was his first huge start at UC. I know he filled in for, for um, Desmond a couple of years ago before going to Eastern Michigan. Um, he made a lot of nice throws in that game. He missed a couple of touchdowns in that game, as you just pointed out. Um, do you think as we move forward, and not necessarily tomorrow, Dan, that – that the pressure begins to build. You know how provincial Cincinnati is. Evan Prater, local kid at Wyoming High School, um, player of the year in Ohio, the biggest recruit in the history of the University of Cincinnati. Do you get the feeling being around the whole program that that kind of thing sort of lingering around out there at all? Not yet. Definitely not yet. I got the feeling from Luke Fickle and others that they, by and large, thought Ben Bryant did pretty well, all things considered, particularly in the second half on the road against a good SEC team. He threw for 233 yards and two touchdowns in the second half. He couldn't have been too much better after kind of an up and down first half. But I will say this about uh, pressure mounting on a Bearcat quarterback. It wasn't very long ago. Three games into his junior year, a significant portion of the Cincinnati fan base was calling for Desmond Ritter to be mm-hmm. benched because he mm-hmm. got off to a slow start. In People could care less. He's going to evaluate it based on how Ben Bryant does. Now, if Ben does not continue to get better and doesn't play well, 
then Evan Prater is waiting in the wings and could certainly take over. Uh, but I don't get any sense whatsoever that pressure is mounting yet. Okay. Uh, was there anything that you walked away from after that game besides what you just mentioned that, that, that most people felt like UC was the better team? Was there any area of the team, secondary, offensive line, stopping the run, any of those kinds of things that stood out for you where you felt good about it or you, you, you kind of wondered about it? Well, I'll say this. I think Ivan Pace is a stud. I yeah. thought that was going to be the case based on how he looked in spring football and in training camp. But what a debut in a Bearcats uniform. 12 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, a sack. He was all over the field, and he wasn't even in there for every defensive snap. I think his snap percentage just went up uh, based <laughs> on week one at Arkansas. What a great pickup uh, from Miami of Ohio. Ivan Pace is. Uh, some of the other areas you mentioned, I thought the secondary played pretty well considering they don't have three guys who are draft picks, yep. including the number four overall pick in Sauce Gardner. All of the big plays last Saturday were plays that became big plays close to the line of scrimmage, a missed tackle, a bad angle, things like that. They certainly did not give up deep passes, so I think the secondary played well in that area. And as far as the offensive line is concerned, they lost – a first-team all-league center, Jake Renfro, at practice uh, in the week leading up to the season opener. Gavin Gerhardt, who had barely played in his first two years uh, at Cincinnati, took over at center and did pretty well. So think, I think they were encouraged by how the offensive line did against that opponent under those circumstances. Now, Kennesaw State, I mean, I, I think people just, just you know, you, you roll your eyes sometimes, and, and, and every big program plays schools like this. But, you know, I – I was looking into their, you know, program uh, quite a bit this morning. Now, look, I'm not saying they're Appalachian State rolling in here. I did that game Appalachian State against Michigan. Just had the 15th year anniversary of that thing uh, last week. But, 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 but they have some things that they can be quite proud of, of what they've done here the last number of years. 11-2, and two, won the Big South last year. They were ranked sixth, I think, in the AFCA coming into the season. They did lose to Samford in week one. But what do you know about Kennesaw State for the fans that are going to be tuned into that game tomorrow? Well, here's all you need to know, Tom. It's a triple option team. That is the great equalizer at every level of football. We see it in high school football. We see it in college football. I guess we don't see it in the NFL anymore. But <laughs> we certainly see it in high school and college football. If you are an undermanned team, what is the best strategy to try to even up those differences? I think it is being a triple option team. It's certainly helped the service academies compete over the years. And that is what Cincinnati is going to have to try to slow down on Saturday. And the triple option does a couple of things for a college football team. Number one, it presents the opponent with an offensive style that they don't see very often. And secondly, it kills the clock and keeps the other team's offense off the field. Now, in Luke Fickle's first year as Cincinnati's head coach, they faced Navy at Navy and gave up more than 500 rushing yards. And you know Luke, he said, that ain't ever going to happen again. Yeah. So they spent a lot of the offseason after that working on the triple option from a defensive perspective, studying it, talking to people who had had success defending it. And ever since then, they have made defending the option a regular part of practice. Mm. So in training camp, even with no triple option team immediately on the schedule, they'll work on it every three days, just so you don't have to try to teach how to defend it the week of the game. And right. they've done extremely well against Navy ever since. So... 
That's the thing that you worry about going into the game, but I am confident that Cincinnati will be able to handle it. Can't wait for that, uh, that, that whole atmosphere down there. That, that's truly one of the great stadiums. Um, is that what you say, or is it Stadia? I'm not smart enough Stadia, to Stadia, if it's plural. Thank Stadia. you, thank you. See, you smart guys from the, from the Northeast <laughs> and Syracuse and where all that stuff. I mean, uh, but, but that's such an incredible venue, and I'm so excited to, 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 to see that place sold out. Shifting gears to the Bengals. Um, we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, not a single starter. Uh, got into uh, a single snap um, during the preseason, except for the rookie offensive lineman who's won the guard, at, uh, the, the, the Volsum who's won the, the spotted guard. And um, everybody else is out there for the first time. I asked you a week ago, I'm going to ask one more time. That doesn't concern you in the least bit, correct? You're on the record of that? Well, tackling, I would say, would be the one area where you're maybe a little bit concerned, but it's a risk-reward situation, and I think uh, the risk of playing those guys for any significant number of snaps in preseason games is not worth it. Look at the starters around the NFL who will not play in week one. The Jets don't have their starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. The Bucks don't have their center, Ryan Jensen. The Cowboys don't have their left tackle, Tyron Smith. Tredavious White, great cornerback for the Buffalo Bills, will not play tonight or will not play in the Thursday night game against the uh, L.A. Rams. So if that's the risk that you run by playing those guys in preseason games, I want no part of it. Get my starters to the gate for the uh, season opening game and uh, run the risk of maybe missing some tackles as a result. Um, I asked Brian Billick this question yesterday but he doesn't know the personalities like you do. Can a team have too many offensive weapons where egos start, you know, now, you know what I'm saying. You know, a lot of guys say that these wide receivers are divas. I'm not calling any of the Bengals wide receivers that because I've not gotten one inkling that any of them are in that category. They seem to be team-oriented guys very much. But can a team have too many Do the Bengals have too many to keep everybody happy? Uh, In the Bengals' case, no. It's not a problem, and it's because of the personality of the wide receivers. I think Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are unique in that respect. I don't think they're obsessed with their own numbers. Obviously, they want their opportunities. But the other thing that comes into play is that Joe Burrow throws it to the open guy. He is not going to lock in on any of them. So if the defense is designed to take away Jamar Chase – T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are going to eat. If the defense is designed to prevent Tyler Boyd from catching the ball on third down, then Chase and Higgins are going to be the guys that Joe Burrow targets. So I suppose, theoretically, there are teams where you can have too many offensive weapons, but in my mind, that is not a problem at all with the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, I think it's the biggest thing that gives them the chance of going back to the Super Bowl. Um, Are you surprised at all, Dan, because you follow other teams in a league? You have to uh, when you're doing your job and your preparation is is unrivaled. Um, Speaking of the Bills who play tonight, you just mentioned that in the season opener for the National Football League. Does it surprise you at all that, that they seem to be not just some people, but everybody's pick to go to the Super Bowl? 
It's probably the kiss of death for the Buffalo Bills <laughs> that everybody is picking Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. I think if you look at the metrics, it makes sense. If you're like a football outsiders guy, they were dominant in offensive and defensive DVOA. I won't get into the specifics of what all of that stuff means. Please don't. My <laughs> eyes start rolling when I hear that shit. Thank you very much. So please proceed. Pardon me. <laughs> no worries. So, you know, they were great in these uh, stats that we don't want to get into what they all mean, but they were great in that. You know, they had uh, they were a tremendous team last year. They should have won in Kansas City in the game before uh, the Bengals did win in Kansas City. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Their defense is great. So from all of that stuff, it makes sense. But I am, like you, maybe a little bit surprised that it seems to be universal. There are so many great teams in the NFL. It's hard to believe that any team could be picked by virtually everybody to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, the, the, in the same vein, um, I've been quite surprised at how many people – and, look, I know that whole argument about teams that lose the Super Bowl and historically they've had letdowns and so on and so forth. That's a chapter in the book uh, all on its own. But, but uh, just like Buffalo, uh, I'm surprised how many people um, – feel like Baltimore is almost a quote-unquote shoe-in to be the divisional champions over the Bengals. Baltimore was the most injured team in recent NFL history last year, including Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson. So in that sense, it makes some sense. They had an excellent record and were going head-to-head -head with the Bengals for first place in the division before seemingly everybody on the roster got hurt. But the thing I keep coming back to with people is the Bengals were the team that went to the Super Bowl last year and they are better. Yeah. They didn't lose people like Kansas City did. They had a glaring weakness, and they attacked it. 80% of their offensive line will be different on Sunday against Pittsburgh. The three free agents they signed are all proven. Hopefully, Lael Collins is healthy. I guess that's maybe the one concern of those offensive line additions because he was banged up a bit early on in training camp. But if the offensive line is just league average, it doesn't even have to be great. It has to be middle of the pack or slightly better. If that's the case, this team should score a ton of points. No doubt about it. Well, Danny, uh, enjoy your weekend, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I know I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. There are a, a, a billion of us that would trade places to go do what you're getting to do this weekend. So go enjoy every minute of it, man. Can't wait to listen to you. Trust me, I am the luckiest man on the face of the earth and stealing from Lou Gehrig. I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome week. Awesome weekend. Thanks for having me on, Tom. No, thank you as always, Dan. Great to have Dan Hoard. That guy's such a phenomenal announcer. I mean, he's been a great announcer for a long time. And I keep saying he should have gotten the Reds job. When I got run, he should have gotten the job. That's my opinion. And, and he, he, he should be doing the Reds. Uh, that Bengals report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. All right, when we come back, um, we are going to speak with uh, Ruben Brown. I can't wait to talk to this guy. Um, have we sent him a link yet, by the way? Did I give you uh, an email? 
Yes. Okay, because he just wrote me and said he didn't have it, but um, um, we'll find out. Uh, I can't wait to have him on. Because this guy, and, and we'll talk about him here in a minute, he covers the Bills, uh, was a great player for the Bills, finished his, his last three years in Chicago. But a lot like Anthony Munoz, whom we had on here for 45 minutes yesterday, um, he's an incredible person in that community in Buffalo. Uh, all the stuff Anthony does here, phenomenal, right? But, but, but Reuben Brown's the same kind of guy uh, in Buffalo. So looking forward to catching up with him, find out what's happening tonight. Bills v. Rams. You're watching Off the Bench, presented by UDF. We're back with Reuben Brown in a couple of minutes. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by UDF. We thank all of you checking us out uh, on YouTube. Go to YouTube Chatterbox. Charlie says, uh, go Bengals. Chris has who day. Phil loves Tracy Jones. And uh, a bunch of you. Thank you so much for uh, watching. All the thumbs up. We ask you to subscribe. And you can always check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Tom Brenneman TV. I was mentioning a minute ago, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to, um, to our next guest. Uh, I, I had a chance to meet him years ago. He wouldn't remember when I was doing the NFL on Fox all those years. We would rarely get teams in the um, AFC, but he had come to the NFC uh, with the Chicago Bears near the end of his career, Reuben Brown. And uh, he has made his home at Buffalo and and a uh, great player, nine-time Pro Bowler, college football Hall of Famer uh, as an offensive guard, and I'm sure one day will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So a pleasure to be joined by Reuben Brown. How are you, young man? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, you, you, you did the NFC, right? Primarily, you know, with Fox, we would get some games where an NFC team would go play you in Buffalo. Um, I was doing all that before you were born, though, Ruben. So uh, you weren't even uh, at Pitt yet, I don't think. So, you know, the, the one thing I want to talk to you about, though, real quick, if you don't mind. We had Anthony Munoz on, on the show yesterday for about 45 minutes. And he, one of our favorite people and, and truly one of the great human beings that's uh, ever lived here in greater Cincinnati but when I've read about stuff you've done through the years, you know, you're that same guy in Buffalo. I mean, you won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award three times. Uh, your charity work, especially with kids, uh, has just been unbelievable. Um, Anthony had made the comment yesterday that when he was playing, he didn't want to start the foundation because, you know, there's only so much time in a human being's life, right? You got your family, you got your faith, you got your football. And you can't give it your all. Did you look at it that way and then kind of start doing a lot of your stuff after you got off the playing field? Absolutely. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, run a, a foundation. Will Shields told me the same thing when I was uh, approaching the point where I was, you know, doing enough activity that we felt that uh, a foundation would be uh, the best option for me to operate in. But definitely it, t it takes a lot of effort, a lot of your energy. And uh, I, like Anthony, uh, during my playing days, I didn't want to, you know, do it, but it came about. and it It's like a calling, so to speak. And so uh, I've kept it up after my playing days and it's taken me everywhere. 
What's the soft spot in your heart? Of all the stuff you do, what's the one thing when you go or you do, you say to yourself, man, this is definitely the calling? Well, I really like offering young children, young the youth, an opportunity. You know, anything I do when I raise funds, I go look for local programs that are devoted to supporting and advancing the development of youth in their community. And that's and it takes a lot of forms. Um, we've helped the Salvation Army. We've helped uh, after school programs, sports programs, you name it. I, I could go on and on. But to see uh, the relief on the workers, the volunteers, the people that sacrifice their face when someone like myself, an athlete, or, or someone that wants to be philanthropic steps in and, and offers them, it's a great look that these people that are sacrificing this time give you. And then, you know, the look on the kids for mm-hmm. whatever you're supporting, whatever program they're involved in, because you know, uh, it's like a pay it back, pay it forward type thing. As a young kid, people did those things for me. I was in programs and sports programs and things that people had the fun. So uh, I use my energy to try to support those programs. Well, that's, that's great stuff. You also spend a lot of time and energy following your Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah. I, I, I got to be honest, and you might tell me, Tom, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about. I am really surprised how many people, uh, almost every single person out there that's a quote-unquote expert or serious follower of football, that believes Buffalo is the overwhelming favorite to win the AFC. Do you believe that? Do you feel that way? No. Uh, I'm a prove-it type of guy. I played the game long enough. I've been in these situations where your team has either been predicted to be horrible or great. Uh, it means nothing. Uh, the only thing that matters is how they play each week, um, uh, Thursday, Sunday, whenever they play, uh, tonight's the night. And, uh, and that's what matters. You know, the product that they put out on the field each week is what makes me a believer. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Buffalo Bills, but I'm a critical sports uh, watcher, you know, I, I'm critical of, of watching what the guys are doing and how they are executing. I'm rooting for them, but I'm not going to just say, "Hey, the Bills are winning," because I, I played for the Buffalo Bills. I know what what they have to do in order to win. They have all the tools, um, but they ha- they have a long journey in front of them, and, and we're all hoping and, and praying and wishing that they. Uh, reach the final stage and win the Super Bowl, but I'm not just giving it to them. Um, when you look at their team, and let's start in certainly, you know, you, when you're an offensive lineman, those are generally, I've found through the years, I, I think collectively they're the smartest guys on the field, uh, on both sides of the ball. And they, they have a really good idea about what they have, even the guys that they're not standing next to on that line, they, they know what their receivers are all about, their makeup mentally, uh, the quarterback, the whole night. Start with the offensive line. Do you like that group? Uh, it's the biggest question mark on the team. They have the most to prove. Uh, they, I would say, aren't the most cohesive unit or uh, a unit that knows each other that well in that many years. Uh, there's a, um, Spencer Brown, young 
exciting player that's new to the lineup. He, he got some playing time last year. And then Dawkins, the mainstay. But uh, for a lot of those guys, it's their prove-it year. Um, they've got eight years in the league or more or six years. These This year's starting to look for some something to jail. And the offensive uh, coaching staff's going to really have to work to call plays to bring them together. Um, I'm afraid that the offensive system will be so enamored with their skilled positions that they forget to support and bring along this offensive line that will need their help play calling and you know things like that. But I, I think they have the talent that can do it for them, but they're going to have the toughest challenge this season. Well, the toughest challenge for any offensive lineman is when you're lining up against a guy like Aaron Donald which they're going to go tonight. I, I don't know. Who, who would be the equivalent? And I'm not saying it's somebody as good as Aaron Donald. Hell, you might think they're better than Aaron Donald. Who was a guy that you knew when you played against that was kind of in that mold where you're like, man, you know, here we go. I, I, I mean, I, I bring it every week, but I better really bring it this week. Was there somebody back in your playing days that stood out like that? How appropriate is this day? Is today 9-6? Yes, I think it is 9-6. And 9-6 is Cortez Kennedy. Cortez Kennedy is one of the greatest defensive tackles that ever played the game. And I would equate that to having to face Aaron Donald. I'm sure those guys are having the same type of anxiety I had when facing <laughs> Cortez Kennedy. <laughs> so you are. You, you have to be on point and all of your movements and everything has to be decisive. You really have to be super focused. I mean, I'm not to say that you're not each week, but when you're facing a one-in-a-lifetime performer, I mean, I was on the field when Reggie White was out there. I was on the field when um, Derek Thomas was out there. I played against Junior Seau. You know, these are the names and type of people that – you know, you you have one gear to, to to be a great player, but you want to be on the level with the Muhammad Ali's. You gotta, you know, be able to step it up and and be competitive against Aaron Donald. Um, and and the great thing about the offensive line in the in the in the um, offense is the offensive line can do it together. They don't have to be alone. Um, I got a lot of help over the years when I face someone like Cortez Kennedy. I had Kent Hall, a great center mm-hmm. next to me, that uh, gave me a hand. And, you know, if even if I wasn't physically blocking him, he would give me tips on, you know, my positioning and where I might have help. And the same thing I had with o- Olin Krutz out in uh, Chicago. Yep. Um, we would play those big uh, Sean Rogers and, <laughs> and guys like that. So um, you do it. As a unit, you can't think that you're going to stop Aaron Donald with one-on-one matchup. Now, maybe if you had Reuben Brown at you playing guard again. <laughs> that way. That way. <laughs> you, Love it. Love it. You may have a chance. <laughs> you know? Love it. But Love it. The rest of the guys, they, they're going to need help, and the offense needs to know that. And um, we used to have an affectionate uh, term Kent Hall used to say. is like, find the werewolf. Where, which one of these guys is the werewolf? And, you know, um, Aaron Donald is the werewolf, yeah. you know, and he's the guy that has to have all the attention on doubling him, making it difficult for him to penetrate the uh, offensive line. And uh, 
It's not an impossible job, but they have to be focused. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, you, you made the comment uh, a few minutes ago, Ruben, that uh, you know, you're a show-me guy. And look, everybody can go back and watch that game when they got beat in the conference semis, that wild game uh, where, you know, who, who had the ball last, uh, right, is who wins the game. Kansas City wins the game. Allen had a great game. But I, I, I'm curious, you know, you, you played with some great quarterbacks. You played with some mediocre quarterbacks. Uh, the potential with this guy is unquestioned. I mean, you know, he can run, he can throw, he can do it big and strong and fast and tough and, and all this kind of stuff. What does he still have left to prove, if anything, to you? Uh, really take control of the offense and run it. Uh, and run it in a positive way, meaning uh, when the cards are stacked against them, get the best, safe, most productive play out of the situation. Um, keep them upbeat, on pace, in tempo. Um, and it can't all be about Josh Allen. Yes, he has the big contrast. Yes, he's a quarterback, but it is a team sport. And if he can rally the troops, to, um, you know, stand up and be accountable and do their jobs, I think that's the really big step that will push him into the Super Bowl. Um, just being in control. Uh, like a, I, the examples I'd like to give, give like a Peyton Manning sort of, you know, a, a general. And really, I know it from Jim Kelly and Kent Hall. Sure. I mean, they were at switching up the offense into the most productive play. They, the defense might notice what we're doing and shift it into something. Or we, we're playing a, a, a formation just to trick them into getting into something that we're going to be able So having that ability and the nuance of running the offense for him and his teammates is really where the next level is for him. He can't rely on the coaching staff to do it all. He knows those guys. He knows the plays. He knows where it needs to go. He's seeing the, the uh, defense, you know, um, you know, the offensive line and the rest of the guys can give, give them pointers and input, but really he sees the defense best out of all the guys, him in the center, out of all the guys on the field. And they got to, you know, get that offense rolling. Um, Sean McDermott has always been an outstanding defensive coach, um, and, and, and that's where you know he made his hay as a coordinator for many, many years. Uh, he's brought a toughness back, I think. You correct me if I'm wrong. There's always been a toughness about Buffalo. It's a tough place to play. The weather conditions, you got to be tough, and, 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 and all those things that go along with a great town. I love that town. Um, yeah. But, but – um, as good as that defense was last year, they get lit up by Kansas City, as I mentioned a minute ago, in the playoffs when it matters. Uh, they go out and bring in Von Miller. Boy, what, what, a, what an acquisition that is for the Bills going into this season. Yes, that's huge. That's a huge uh, addition to their defense that was spunky. I will call them a spunky defense. You know, they had some breakdowns here and there, but they were a feisty defense all year. And really, uh, up front has been a big problem for the defense, the defensive line rotation, the pressure up front. 
Um, and with adding Von Miller, you have a player now just from the defensive line um, position that can affect the the passing game as far as pressuring the quarterback sacks and that nature, and also making it difficult for um, different types of matchups, whether it be blocking schemes or passing protections, all of those. So he's going to hugely help the DBs, who yep. are arguably some of the best DBs around. You know, we have an outstanding de- defensive back core when healthy. You know, I know um, uh, we, we one of our guys is not doing well right now, but w- when healthy, we have a very formidable defensive backfield. And our linebackers are, you know, above average standout linebackers. They, they can definitely improve, but uh, all indications are that we are improving in those positions just by adding – you know, some effectiveness up front with Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's the general feel? What's your gut feel tell you about tonight? Well, I feel like the Bills, I want the Bills to win, you know, and this would be a great test for the Bills. Um, this won't mean if the Bills win or lose, um, it won't mean they're definitely going to the Super Bowl. It's the first game of the season, and a lot's going to change throughout the course of the season. Injuries and, you know, different things like that. The, the, the Rams may not be the same team they are opening the season that they are will be at the end of the season. Same for the Buffalo Bills. Um, but uh, the Bills need to get off, really start off finding out about their offense, number one, this is what I'm looking for from them, and this is what I think will make them a consistent winning team opposed to just winning tonight, which we hope they they do. The Bills need to find out how are we going to effectively run the, run the ball as a supplement to all of this passing that we have designed mm-hmm. that we're going to go after we're going to get josh back there we're going to pass it out to our great receivers we got just signed our tight end where he's going to be active we got to get it out to the backs in the backfield but in what way other than josh running the ball are we going to effectively find running plays that really keep us in those low percentage achievable downs that are going to make the the team and the offense deadly uh, opposed to having a struggling running attack and relying heavily on the passing game and relying solely on Josh's legs when, you know, he should be matured out of that now. Yes, scramble if all else fails, but, you know, let's call a, a scheme that doesn't put you in such uh, danger and let the running guys that really run the ball run it and and get those yards that we need. So that's the way I see it. And obviously, I'm an offensive line. I'm going to talk run the ball more than passing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the offensive linemen, they like lining up and going to hit somebody and send them coming to hit you as you're backpedaling all the time, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, that's the best way to take it to um, Sam Dono. I mean, it's tough in his – um, uh, a defensive threat as he is, you know, a lot of double teams come fourth quarter, you know, it'll wear them down enough, 
you know, where you can uh, keep him not so effective. But you have to be able to find some effective ways to sneak in that run and, and wear him down. You know, boxing, body blows. You need the body blows to, yeah. you know, take the headshot. Well, Ruben, we can't thank you enough for your generosity with your time, man. It's a real pleasure having you on here tonight. We'll be tuned into the Buffalo Bills, and, uh, and, and now that we've had you on the show, we'll be thinking of you while we're watching tonight. All the best to you. Godspeed ahead, my friend. Tom, it's a joy and a pleasure to be on with you. And, I, you know, there's when a, someone has a gift, they always look at other people with their gift and say, oh, it would be nice to have that gift. You have one of the greatest voices. On on radio, TV, everything, man. I wish I had that voice. You do. You You got the good looks. You got the good looks and played in the NFL. You're going to the Hall of Fame one day, man. I'm sitting around in Hamilton, Ohio. Come on. What are you talking about? Well, you know. Well, God bless you, man. Same to we, you, buddy. We love you. I love you, and uh, let's do it again sometime. I would love to do it again. How about when the Bengals play the Bills in the AFC Championship game this oh, year? Oh, there you go. There you go. That's how going. It's going to happen. Okay, I'll All right. hold you to it. It's, Absolutely. It's and, and if they play it here, I'm in your place. I'm coming up and and, and hanging out with you for Vice a night versa. and taking you to dinner. And if the game's down here, I'm taking you to dinner here. All right. Word. Okay. All right. For Good sure. deal. Thanks, That's Ruben. Appreciate it, man. Good dude. Ruben Brown. Great player. Good Lord. Great player, man. 13 years in the NFL, nine-time Pro Bowler. Um, he knows his stuff about the – you know, I, I love the guys, the first line out of his mouth. I am a show-me kind of guy. Not all the pub – and all this and the buildup and the hype and everything else, you got to show me. And you can tell by talking to him, he laid it out there. He's rooting for the Buffalo Bills to win. That's his team. That's where he lives. That's where he's raised his family. All those great things. Had a great career there. But he, he is saying, look, they, they got some things on the line. Guys got to, they got to prove themselves. The quarterback's got to be better. They got to run the ball. And uh, – It'll be fun to watch tonight. I can't wait. I know all of you are really excited about the start of the National Football League. All right, when we come back, we are going to um, have our cherry on top, thanks to our friends at UDF. And we're going to talk about this big tailgate uh, that Brandon Seho and uh, Zim Hude, along with Chatterbox Sports, we are going to be hosting that down by Longworth Hall. So more info on that if you're going down to the game or maybe you just want to come down tailgate, hang out down there and not go to the game. Go watch it somewhere else. Good deal. We're back with that and more after this on Off the Bench presented by UDF. Presented by UDF. Again, you can find us each and every day, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning till noon. And, of course, you can catch it later, watch it whenever you want, listen to it whenever you want. Uh, YouTube, and then uh, search Chatterbox Sports. We're also streaming live on, um, what, uh, Facebook, I know for sure, right? Instagram or no? Not Instagram. Okay. Uh, So you can check us out and uh, social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tom Brenneman TV. We got a lot happening here at uh, Chatterbox, including a big tailgate. Shows you how in tune I am with what's going on around here. Brandon Seho 
Give us the uh, details uh, on what's happening. Zim Hude, we know, is going to be there, but you have others that are going to be joining you down at Longworth Hall, right? Yes, so so Chatterbox Sports is partnering up with CEG, Cincinnati Entertainment Group, run by my, my good friend Joey Cook. We're going to have former Bengal Drake Kirkpatrick there. My old neighbor. There you go, yeah. He, my old neighbor. Live right down the street. Good dude. Good dude. Two-time national champion in Alabama. Obviously a very, very big name in the Bengals organization for a long time. We'll have him, we'll have our big monitor here. As you can see, when we pull up this graphic, you'll be able to see, we'll have DJs, d the Jumbotron, food, drinks, your favorite game in the world, is what you admitted earlier in this show. Quarters. Be beer well, There's no okay. quarters up there. We can play quarters. We gotta find a table that's friendly for quarters. That's the, that's the hard part. Well, don't you have, have to have a table for beer pong? You do, but the same, but quarters aren't gonna bounce on the same type of table. Of, of You're right. See, I, I know a little bit about okay. quarters. Okay. Beer pong, flip cup. We'll have you know some live interviews like we're going to have with Drake Kirkpatrick and more. It's going to be a good time. The Bengal Block Party, 845 to 1245 in the Longworth Hall lot. Towards the back of the lot, right when you pull in, we're going to have a stage, the big screen. Me and Tom are going to be running the beer pong tables, apparently. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's the first week we're doing it. We'll have a bunch of videos and recaps next week. We'll show on here and throughout social media. I think we're going to have a big turnout. It, my, my guy Joey already had about 200 to 300 people confirmed coming. We're taking it up a notch. I would imagine that lot's huge. You have probably, what, 3,000 people at yeah, least it's tailgating. Down it's, there. Yep, yep. If you want to party, that's the place to be. Yep. Okay. And um, are you allowed? I, 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 I'm being serious uh, when I say this um, because, you know, in some places it's it's – I don't know. They crack down more than some other places. Um, I've been to a to a number of tailgates in and around uh, Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor, Paycor Stadium now, but Paul Brown as it was. Uh, I mean, you can go down there and, and and bring a cooler and have a beer down there, and 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 nobody's going to all of a sudden start locking you up for having a beer down there, right? Unless you're 12 or something. But outside of that, you're all right. right? Yeah, you're good. There's no there's no Dora in the tailgates like they have up by the bars, but. I mean, it's game. They got bigger things to worry about. Yeah, you can take a case of beer, a cooler, walk around, okay. make friends. You can probably find some beer down there. People are nice at tailgates. I bet you there's a lot of Steeler fans down there. I think there will be. There typically is for this game, and there's a lot in the stands with the terrible towels. But I will say the Bengals winning the last three yeah. has changed that and shifted. You know, my first two, three years covering the Bengals, it was honestly like sixty forty Bengals or sixty forty Steelers yep. fans in those stands now it's shifting back i'd say to about 70 30 yeah Bengals fans yeah yep. casey are you going to the game uh i probably will be at the tailgate just to help operate um but other than that maybe uh, a beer i might take a beer during okay. operation okay. but uh plan on going to a bar or something like that that's to watch good game. that's yeah. good that's good um I, I just i think everybody's so excited it's the start of the national football league so uh tomorrow right um, want to remind everybody we got lots happening, but before we get to that, and I don't even know what we're doing here today. This is our cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers, our good friends there and sponsor of the program. What do we have for the cherry on top? Do we have anything today? We do. It is called what the duck it is related to. So your dad in Chicago, we talked about this story yeah. yesterday on the show yeah. was pushing his dog in a baby stroller down the sidewalk. Millie, his dog Millie. His yes. dog, he just has one. His dog just Millie. One. 
This, I, I'm going to guess this happened in L.A. or Florida where people would just do crazy things. This is a duck on a leash crossing the street, but he doesn't walk. He flies with his owner. How cool is that? And then gets down. I mean, that has to be. That has to be L.A. or Florida, right? I mean, well, well not Florida. I mean, I bet the ranch L.A. Yeah, California. It's got to be. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. It's super weird. I mean, what? What the? You duck? know, if I were a betting man, and, and and if I were bet, I will bet you that that guy is rehabbing that duck from an injury. Probably. It looks like it's got a special harness attached to it or something. Well, to make like sure it's... it can't fly away yet, or and then crash into something. But if I if I were if I were a betting man. I'll bet you that guy is help, uh, getting a duck back from an injured wing or right. something along those lines. A good man, then. That's our cherry on top. Yes, it is a good man. Anybody who loves animals uh, and help any of them, we are all on board for that. So tomorrow, boys, uh, we got a lot going on. And we'd like your reaction at home, uh, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on YouTube tomorrow, because we're going to be – giving our picks for the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking five college, five pro. You guys good with that? Yep. Or is that too many? No, I think that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, we can work it out. Five college, five pro. In the college game, uh, we're picking all against the spread for those of you that weren't with us last week. So we will, uh, we will go with uh, certainly Kentucky and Florida. That's a great game. Alabama, Texas. Alabama, Texas is a good game. Um. You see, now, and nobody's betting the uh, you know money line on that. Uh, this is point spread thing. Um, we got Pittsburgh, Tennessee, a top twenty-five. That's matchup. a good game, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. But are we going and we're doing this on the fly? I mean, are we always going to pick the, the 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 local teams, or are we not going to do that? I think we should. Yeah, we'll pick. Okay. we'll pick. Local so we'll teams have there. Ohio University, Ohio State, Miami, Kentucky, and then we'll throw in. Um, Alabama, Texas, and, and, and it's a good game. Pittsburgh against Tennessee. That's a really good game, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Interesting game. Two programs that are trying to, to, to ramp it back up and get it going again. And then in the NFL, we decided, obviously, we're picking the Bengals every week. We are picking the other teams in the Central every week. So the Brownies are playing the North. The, uh, I mean, in the North, forgive me. The, the Brownies are playing uh, against Carolina. That's yep. a Baker Mayfield Bowl. It's a big-time game. Carolina all the way. Um, we have uh, – the, who are the Ravens opening up against? I'm drawing a blank. The Ravens have – they're at the Jets. No, oh, that'll be a massacre. Yeah. yeah. And, then, um, and then, of course, we have the Bengals v. Steelers. And then I'm thinking the other games uh, – Kansas City, Arizona is a good one. Yeah, and so is the uh, Tampa Bay. Aren't they playing Dallas? Uh, yes. Yes. That's a yep. big-time game. Is that a Monday night game or Sunday night game? That is Sunday night, 8-20. Okay, well, that's got to be on the list. Yep. For sure. And we're picking our division winners, our wild card teams in the NFL, uh, the matchup in the AFC and NFC championship games, and we are picking our Super Bowl winners before week one officially kicks off. And before we say goodbye, fellas, uh, anybody want to make a prediction on tonight? Straight money line here. Forget the spread. Who do you like to win a game? I, I want uh, Bills Mafia. Yeah. I, Bills all the way. Let's go. Bills they're, Mafia. I, I don't think I don't think they're the they're the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC like everyone says, but I think they take down the Rams. Tonight. Okay, Casey. Yeah, I'm going Bills too. Uh, 
Their uh, Von Miller acquisition is going to be too much for the Rams okay. offensive line. I'm, I'm taking the Rams. Rams have two new starters on that offensive line. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, great Bengal for a long time, retired, of course, at the end of last year, going out in the sunset, Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl title. Good for him. Uh, we thank Casey and Brandon, our producers of the show. Our executive producer is Trace Fowler. And um, we have our first full week next week. So, look, share it uh, on your Twitter. Share uh, our show, anything, everything, questions, comments, whatever it might be. Um, like I said earlier, we're just starting up. We got big days ahead. And we're grateful you're with us from the very, very beginning. So God bless, have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next week on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Be well.